Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, to the 2019 season. I'm Scott Sweeney, a.k.a. The Sherpa, joined by Jana Kimmel for our 10th season together, doing Fourth Woo! and Inches with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, welcome back, and Happy New Year. We're back. Happy New Year. Ezekiel Elliott's still in Cabo. All is pretty normal in our world. <laughs> Well, I thought maybe he got confused and he was thinking the Cowboys had a game in Mexico this year and was just he's actually, trying to get he's there He's actually early. not holding out for more money. He's just holding out until they start playing regularly in Mexico. That's more his scene, you know. It's it's just more more of his lifestyle. And now Marshall Fox hanging out with him down there. So the Cowboys are, are already in disarray for usual. So. Yeah, yeah, it feels it feels like we're in mid-season form already. So, you know, I, I'm going to take that as a good thing because that's all I can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't even talk about my favorite team, the uh, Giants. Uh, that's, I don't know. Even if Daniel Jones uh, turns out to be a world beater, at least in the short run, I think I would have rather had Josh Allen in that draft spot. But uh, I'm not going to kill Gellman. Wow. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I mean, Saquon I, Barkley turned out really well last year, so you know, you have it, to have some faith and cut him some slack. But that pick was not as, uh, shall we say, obvious as the Saquon Barkley pick was. It it was interesting. I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of weirdness. I I hate to tell you this, but it might not be the Giants' year this year. I'm sure you had no idea, but it's possible well, this could be a bit of a rebuild for you. <laughs> well, just like the last three years have been, so why should this year be any yeah. different? As long as our yeah, quarterback is still the great. same, it's, no. So, anyway, uh, why don't you tell people how they can uh, find us and get in touch with us, and then we'll get right to it. If if this is your first time with us, welcome. Where have you been the last nine years? You missed some good Maybe stuff. Maybe not even born yet. Uh, yeah, they might not have been. So we forgive you for that. Otherwise, young. get with the program, guys. You came late, but it's all right. We'll be gentle. Uh, we, every week, bring you an hour-long show. We'll be here Tuesday nights, and we'll give you all of the tools, the tips you need to have a phenomenal week and an even better season. We do everything from who to start, who to sit at every position. We give you game breakdowns and picks. There is a small amount of disagreements over the, <laughs> uh, the occasional we'll you, disagreements. Uh, <laughs> we'll give you uh, updated odd. injuries. Any any news and notes, uh, unfortunately, suspensions have been all the rage lately, especially if you're a Cowboys fan. We also do daily fantasy picks, all kinds of great stuff, uh, and you can find us all week long. We're all over social media. We're on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. We're on Twitter at the number four, THN Inches Show. That's the number four, THN Inches Show the fourth and intro show. And of course you can always find the Sherpa and I on our personal Twitter accounts as well. I'm at JKIM16. He is fantasy underscore Sherpa. We're happy to answer your questions, talk football uh, all week long. Uh, we do a lot of uh, helping people with their starting sits and setting their lineups and all that good stuff. So there are plenty of ways to get at us. If you just want to talk football, you have questions, you come find us. Otherwise we are here rain or snow through all kinds of weirdness uh despite travels and all that good stuff we don't miss shows we're here for you every week yeah hurricanes whatever weirdness is there we jump time shows time zones we're still bringing you the content so always good luck unless of course you're playing us (laughs) but we have a, a pretty straightforward format easy to follow it gives you what you need for the week uh we generally start the top of the show with uh my you know, five to ten straight minutes of giving you all of the injuries with the week. Luckily, there are not a huge amount since the season has not started quite yet. We do have a couple of big names. And, of course, the NFL uh, final cuts were this afternoon, getting down the rosters to that magic 53 number. So a couple of interesting cuts, a couple of interesting trades coming through just in the last few minutes. So we give you the most up-to-date news there. A um, couple of big storylines probably we want to jump right into. I think the most unexpected one this offseason was Andrew Luck retiring. I know I didn't see that coming. Um, Most people didn't. That leaves you with Jacoby Brissett as your starter in Indianapolis. 
for my money, that made tight end Jack Doyle exponentially more valuable. But what did you think when you heard the news? Uh, surprised, but you know, once he explained why it made sense, but just in terms of um, fantasy, obviously you hope that uh, people hadn't drafted him already, but for those that did, plenty of uh, good options still out there, probably starting with uh, Jacoby Brissett, who you know, showed yeah. two years ago that he's a capable fill-in and a capable starter. You know, he, The team around him has certainly gotten better in the last two years. I mean, many were tabbing them as a Super Bowl favorite when Andrew Luck was there. I guess the thing that worries me a little bit about him is the less than 60% completion percentage from a couple of years ago. But again, how much of that was due to his you know, innate inaccuracy versus how much of that was just him not getting a lot of time from his offensive line to throw, I guess we'll find out this year. Yeah, yeah, that was a scary offensive line he was playing behind. We will give him that. Uh, also, interesting news today, uh, the Bills released running back LaShawn McCoy. They had signed Frank Gore and T.J. Yeldon in the offseason, uh, who, you know, they, they spent all offseason. Yeah, <laughs> they're actually aging up. <laughs> but they spent all offseason saying, no, 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 we're keeping LaShawn McCoy. It's going to be great. We're going to have this, this three-headed monster. It's going to be awesome. And then today we're like, yeah, maybe not. Uh, so LaShawn McCoy is a free agent. Uh, it, it looks like Houston, Philadelphia, and Kansas City probably were going to be the front runners for him. Uh, and then about 10 minutes ago, the Texans actually traded for Carlos Hyde from the Chiefs. So Houston probably dropping out of sweepstakes a little bit. I think that that actually makes Kansas City a more interesting landing spot for LaShawn McCoy being reunited with Andy Reid, who drafted him and was so high on him. And obviously Kareem Hunt is missing the first half of the season since he can't get his life together off the field. Uh, I, I, I'm not surprised the LaShawn McCoy experience didn't really work in Buffalo, but I'm surprised they didn't try to trade him. They just outright released him. Yeah, that was a little strange. I mean, maybe teams weren't willing to give them anything of value knowing that Buffalo was in all likelihood going to release him. Uh, of the teams you mentioned, yeah, I can't really see him coming to the Eagles. Yeah, I think between They have know, 38 Jordan running Howard backs on the and, roster, roughly. Yeah, <laughs> they, they've got a number. And they cut Wendell Smallwood today, too. So that's one. And mm-hmm. you know, Donald Pumphrey, who wasn't going to do anything there anyway. So, you know, they've you know, they're they're trying to jettison running backs, not add them. You know, the I don't really see him just waltzing in somewhere and being a starter, not even if, you know, the Texans were still to sign him. And, you know, maybe Andy Reid makes sense, but, you know, they've got, you know, even without uh, Carlos Hyde anymore, you know, they've still got, you know, a couple of good young running backs. I mean, maybe they sign him, you know, to be part of the committee, but I just, I think the days of you know Sean McCoy as a as a feature back you know are are over. I haven't totally given up on him. I think that being reunited with Andy Reid is the ticket. That's that's my prediction. Um, as we mentioned, Houston was in need of a running back. They just got Carlos Hyde, but that's because Lamar Miller blew out his ACL and MCL against the Cowboys last week, right before Andrew Luck retired. It was a very eventful uh, eventful evening there. Um, it was a bummer. It looked like he was going to have a pretty nice season. Houston obviously has been bit pretty hard by the injury bug, particularly in offense the last two seasons. So they're looking to fill the gap there. Carlos Hyde is an interesting well, piece, but we'll see. Where do you think he fits in with um, Duke Johnson? Because you know, they had already traded you know, for Duke Johnson, brought him in from Cleveland after mm-hmm. you know the, he said he you know wanted to be featured more and, you know, Baker Mayfield kind of put him in his place. But um, I, you know, I thought he was all primed to be their feature back. So I, I don't know, you know what to make of the Carlos Hyde, you know, trade. I, don't right know. Now. I think they're just, yeah. I mean, I think they're just looking for depth. I don't necessarily think Carlos Hyde is going to be the guy, but everyone's so, so hot on the idea of, of, of a running back starter. by committee. Oof. Honestly, I don't know if I want to pick any of them, but probably I'd probably go Duke Johnson. I just don't. I just. I, I mean, I've. I've uh, that offense makes me a little nervous to begin with, but we'll get there. Yeah, I've had <laughs> Duke Johnson in a dynasty league for several years and was all happy when 
you know, well, I shouldn't say all happy. I was happier when he got traded to Houston and then thought, you know, when Lamar Miller was out for the season that there was a real opportunity for him there. But uh looks like uh, that at might the end not of come the to tunnel. <laughs> yeah. So It'll speaking be of running back. Yeah, so speaking of running backs, you've already mentioned Lamar Miller being out. We've also got Zeke Elliott and you know, Melvin oh Gordon, Gordon holding out. Yeah, I, I and, think and as of Gordon's a few minutes ago, the Chargers, concern. yeah, the Chargers just told Melvin Gordon's representation that they can start seeking a trade. So, I mean, there's no end in sight on that holdout, and they it kind of sounds like both sides are giving up on it. So, I do not feel good about that situation, not one bit. Well, it's interesting because the Chargers, before all that happened, were actually my pick to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC this year, and now, I mean, sure, well, Austin. Eckler yeah. and you know Justin Jackson are certainly capable um, backs, but you know what do you do? Yeah, it's it's a certainly a different dynamic without Melvin Gordon coming out of the backfield. Like you said, the, they're both very good. They're above average. They're they're more than serviceable, and putting the two of them together makes a very interesting backfield. But it's not the same kind of fear and threat to keep a defense quite as honest as having Melvin Gordon back there. Um, so for me, that's a that's a big hit for the Chargers. Uh, and then with Ezekiel Elliott, allegedly they're getting closer to a deal. Whoever really knows. Um, but the Cowboys seem to think they can win a Super Bowl without him. I tend to wholeheartedly not agree with that statement. But well, I don't think, I don't they think they're going to the Super Bowl with, with either, or without Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, unfortunately, right. well, then I don't, they might I don't well see not that have in the cards. Save the money and give somebody else a chance. Yeah, because Alfred Morris it. is nice. <laughs> I think that oh. the Cowboys have a lot of issues, as they normally do, and that is just the tip of the iceberg. We could sign somebody, anybody, for next season would be good. But we'll get there. <laughs> so on the topic um, of running the, backs, the, then. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was, I was going to say I'm, I'm still on running backs. Rodney Anderson, the rookie in Cincinnati, towards ACL for the second time in two years. He's done for the year. I'm a little bummed about that. I was I was excited to see, you know, he had a nice preseason. I thought he was going to fit in well with that offense, which quite frankly needed a whole lot of help. And uh, they're not going to get it now. So in terms of running backs, uh, drafting strategy-wise, uh, what do you think, you know, um, are you someone that likes to take them early? Should we still be doing that, you know, with more committees and more of the offense uh, going towards passing or, or what's, what are your thoughts on that? And then I'll share my thoughts. For my, yeah, for my money, I, I like in going with a wide receiver with my first pick uh, more so than a running back, unless I have the first overall pick and I'm taking Saquon Barkley all day long. Um, if I have the first or second pick Saquon Barkley and, uh, Christian McCaffrey are really my no doubt one and two picks there. But once it gets beyond that, it just, there are so many running backs by committee and the majority of the teams are going that way that you almost don't know from week to week, who's going to be your big point getter. There are so few options that warrant that kind of high pick. So for me, it's been more wide receiver first, I'll get a running back in, in round two or three, kind of see what's still available there. I'm going to let everyone else take the, the flyers and overpay on somebody. I guess I'm still in the opposite uh, camp, you know, given how few, just supply and demand, given how few of those so-called bell cow backs there are, um, even yeah. in a PPR format, I still want to try to get one in the first round and ideally the first two rounds. And heck, I had one, draft earlier this summer where it was a PPR league and I took running backs with my first three picks and was still You're able to cobble together what I consider a, a pretty decent wide receiving core, but uh, we'll see. But so you mentioned Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey at the top of your running back list. Um, for yeah. me, I think I also put Alvin Kamara, David Johnson, and potentially even James Conner in that list. But uh James Conner worries me just just a little bit in that uh, the Steelers have been so open in this offseason about saying that they want to work in some of these other younger guys. They want to try to lighten his load a little bit. And I think with the dynamic of some of these quote-unquote personalities, 
having left that some of the locker room issues and some of the offense issues, there didn't seem to be a ton of great communication between, you know, Big Ben and his wide receivers and wide receivers and other wide receivers, that I think the passing game is going to see a bit of a, an uptick due to the less dysfunction. And I think they're actively trying to preserve James Conner and keep him in one piece. So I, for me, I'm a little, little worried about going with, you know, a top five pick on him. But he's going to be great. He's going to put up numbers. I just don't think they're going to be as big. Okay. And conversely, um, Le'Veon Bell, it, it still kind of boggles my mind that he's being viewed as a first pick, both after having missed a season and landing with the Jets. And, but uh, do you right. agree with that, or are you more optimistic about his uh, prospects than I am? I think I'm more optimistic overall about his prospects than you are, but I absolutely don't think he should be a one overall pick. I don't even think he should be in a top five pick or a top 10. And well, I know people disagree wholeheartedly he, there. Yeah. First he's round. He's still going in the first maybe, round in every draft that I've done. And every draft I've done too. It's just, he, like you said, he's gone to the Jets, which is going to be much better than they were last year. I'm excited overall for how they're going to look versus last year. But I'm the the handcuffs that are available and the the way that Le'Veon Bell has played the last few seasons before obviously sitting out an entire season. Yes, he's a year rested, but he's also a year removed from from game shape. And you can be as in shape as you want, but there's something to your body having to adjust to getting hit by other human beings at full speed over and over and coming back from that. And he's a year older. I. It makes me nervous, but I just think that someone like Ty Montgomery in the in New York, and you know, I I know that he's maybe not the sexy pick for the handcuff there, but I think they have a more dynamic offense than people realize, and he's not going to be the Le'Veon Bell of the Steelers. There, you're drafting a guy based on two years ago production, not where he's actually at, and that's the problem for most people. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Um... Some other guys, you know, Todd Gurley, um, still see him going in the first round in the drafts that I've done. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Chubb has been yeah. a pretty fast riser. Carry uh, on Johnson getting a lot of, you know, good publicity, you know, lately. Uh, Dalvin Cook seems like he's healthy. What do you make of some of the guys that I'm aren't very... necessarily uh, first round picks, but uh, could still help the team? I'm very excited about Dalvin Cook. He was so dynamic before he blew his knee out. Yes, there was he was very hampered by injuries the last two years, but when he's on, man, is he good. He's such a game changer. And for me, if he's someone who's sitting there in, in round two or you know, especially late in round two, if I'm picking, I'm absolutely taking him. I'm very excited about his prospects this year. Okay, uh, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, less so. Less excited about Leonard Fournette. Um, I like a lot of things about the Jaguars offense. It's no secret uh, that I am a big Nick Foles proponent. As if, if you listen to the show for even a week previously to this, you probably realize that. Um, but Leonard Fournette, just attitude-wise and health-wise, scares me a little bit. And I think where he's going, you can get better options. Yeah, he's supposedly slimmed down quite a bit and you know we'll, we'll see but how don't have to, they don't have to rely season, but... they don't have to rely on their run game so much I mean Nick Foles can complete a few passes their wide receivers have gotten better um, I think Nick Foles to D.D. Westbrook is going to be going on all day long and I'm very excited about that uh, I just I don't I don't see Leonard Fournette surpassing where he's been before I'm I'm concerned about that Okay, so who are some running backs that uh, you would deem as is overrated at this point that you think are being drafted perhaps higher than they should be? Uh, well, we've touched on a couple of them. Like you said, Todd Gurley, I, I get it's the name, it's the team, it's this and that. Um, I, it makes me a little nervous, James Conner, like I talked about. They're trying to lighten his load a little bit. With Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott, people still drafting them like they're there in camp and ready to go always blows my mind. Uh, Sony Michelle, for me, I think is going too high. He's going much higher than I would be comfortable taking him in pretty much every draft I've been in. 
I think that his knee's never fully healthy. I think there are too many options in that backfield. Granted, I tell you every year he's going to be a bust, and, you know, that doesn't always pan out, so take that with a grain of salt. But for my money, I think he's being drafted too high. Uh, Same thing, people with, uh, like you were talking about, uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, that whole, those kind of guys I think are going too high. It's too speculative. Like with Chubb, he's on the Browns, and that's great. They think they're going to have this dynamic offense, but keep in mind that you have a lot of personalities there. You have a rookie head coach who really can't keep all of this in line. And then with Kareem Hunt, people are, are still drafting him so high, even though he's going to miss a significant part of the season. Uh, for me, I just I don't want any part of it. Um, pretty much anyone in the Broncos' backfield. I know Philip Lindsay is kind of the the du jour pick for people, but. I just this, that is going to be such a committee set up between Theo Riddick and Royce Freeman uh, that I just I don't want any part of really any of the three if I'm going to have to wait a, waste a draft pick on them. Maybe I'd pick them up later off waivers, but that's about as far as I'm willing to go with them. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly on Lindsay. Um, Royce Freeman, I actually saw cut in one league in a dynasty league. You know, really. You know, to make room for a rookie and that I didn't understand. I tried to get him in some other owner with a higher priority, beat me to him. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, some of the yeah, running backs that uh, scare me a little bit, I mentioned Le'Veon Bell already, Joe Mixon, right. uh, Devontae Freeman, Damian Williams in Kansas City, Tariq Cohen in Chicago. Uh, yeah, Derek everyone's Henry very high on Tariq Cohen and, and the, the Bears have like that. flatly come out and said like, "Hey, we're we're trying to cut back. Maybe we gave him too much." Like, I it blows my mind. People are so like, "Yeah, he's going to be the guy." <laughs> yeah, and David Montgomery might have something to say about that too. But uh, one or how two about things. Some, yeah. uh, how about some uh, sleepers? I actually uh, like Sony Michelle, I guess, a little bit more than you do. But um, what do you think yeah. of uh, Mark Engram's prospects or Tevin Coleman? Or is Tevin Coleman not even the right guy? Is it Matt Breida that people should be chasing in San Francisco? What do you think I there? think I think it's absolutely Matt Breida, the guy that people should be chasing in San Francisco. I am wholeheartedly on the Matt Breida bandwagon. Um, also, Chris Carson in Seattle. I know we had so much fun last year playing running back roulette in Seattle. Um, but especially if you're in a PPR league, the fact that Seattle has – literally one healthy wide receiver and someone is going to have to catch the football. I think Chris Carson more so just catching passes out of the backfield becomes very interesting. Um, Ty Montgomery, like I mentioned before, I think that, in a, again, especially in a PPR league, he's a great later round pick. Um, and in, uh, in Philadelphia, again, this is another big running back by committee thing. Uh, and like we said, there's a lot of guys going in and out. But I think Miles Sanders is a very interesting later round pick there. Uh, just injury-wise, the way that they've they've moved, pers- moved personnel in and out, I think Miles Sanders, with the kind of preseason he had, is going to get a lot more looks. It may not be the first week or two, but I think he's worth hanging on to for a little while. All right. And some other guys that uh, are on my radar that you didn't mention were uh, Darius Geis coming back in Washington. I'm just not yes, sold very on Adrian Peterson hanging on. Uh, Latavius Murray is now going to fill the Mark Ingram role in New Orleans mm-hmm. while Mark Ingram himself is uh, now in Baltimore. Uh, He's going to play Kenny the Mark Ingram in role Seattle. in Baltimore. <laughs> Right, he is going to play the marketing role in Baltimore. <laughs> um, Rashad Penny in Seattle, I know you just uh, were touting Chris Carson. Uh, to me, Rashad Penny kind of in the same boat that Royce Freeman is, both you know, highly regarded rookies last year, both uh, failing to live up to expectations, but I think it's mm-hmm. too soon to give up on either of them. And then with the Rams, uh, assuming that Todd Gurley is not fully healthy, I think that creates an opportunity for both uh, Malcolm Brown, who was there last year, and uh, as well as Daryl Henderson, who wasn't there last year because he's a rookie. True. Well, that's a good reason to not be there. We'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> College. Oh, all right. Fine. So how about speaking of rookies, must. how about some uh, rookies that you're high on? How would you rank the rookie running backs? I am very excited about Josh Jacobs in Oakland. 
there's a, a lot to get excited about there. Granted that it's a dysfunctional offense. We know that. Hard Knocks has not really changed anybody's mind on that. But I think he could have a really nice year. David Montgomery, who we mentioned before in Chicago, uh, Miles Sanders in Philadelphia. Those are my top three. Uh, and, I mean, to me, out of the running backs, those are heads and tails really the guys there, um, Devin Singletary in Buffalo, I think could be really interesting. And uh, Daryl Henderson, like you talked about with the Rams, I think could be poised for a nice season, but those are probably my top running back rookies. What do you think? Uh, pretty much. I think the top three, Yeah. You know, Jacobs, Montgomery and Sanders, and then maybe Singletary works his way into that conversation and some other guys I have my eye on are Darwin Thompson in Kansas City, Justice Hill yeah. in Baltimore, Damian Harris in New England, and uh, Cough Cough Tony Pollard in Dallas. I think all of, <laughs> of those guys you know, have the opportunity to you know, potentially help fantasy teams later in the season, although I wouldn't necessarily be drafting them at the start of the season, maybe just put them on a watch list. Yeah, or if you're hanging out in a dynasty league, go ahead and stash them. <laughs> So, all right, um, why don't we move on to wide receivers then? We talked a little bit about the drafting strategy with wide receivers before. You like to start off with them in, I do. in some formats. And yeah. I'm typically somebody that won't draft one in the first round and oftentimes not in the first two or even three rounds. So it sounds like we approach the position a little bit differently. Totally differently. But, uh, <laughs> a little bit. but so. Who, who do you like most? Um, who's your uh, elite? Who's in your elite group of wide receivers going into this season? Uh, top of my list, as much as it kind of pains me, like I said, the Houston offense makes me a little uneasy. Uh, but DeAndre Hopkins, especially with the Lamar Miller injury, I think he, he becomes more valuable. Uh, Devontae Adams, we all know him a bit of an Aaron Rodgers homer. So I, I'm always a little partial to them. Uh, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, kind of the usual suspects. And then from there, I'm liking Adam Thielen, uh, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, and uh, and Mike Evans probably are, are my top picks I'm looking at there. Okay, one name that was conspicuously absent from your list is Juju Smith-Schuster, who is in my uh, top tier. Was um, what, what do you think about him, do you buy into the notion that he's going to have a harder time being productive this year because, you know, everybody's going to be you know, quadruple covering him with Antonio Brown not there anymore? Or do you think the extra volume that he's going to get with Antonio Brown not there anymore uh, makes him potentially valuable, more valuable than I still than think there is, there's a lot of value to him. I just think that I like the other options behind him uh, a lot in Pittsburgh. I think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to move the ball around a little bit more. So I like Juju Smith-Schuster. He's just not a guy I'm drafting in in necessarily the first round or the beginning of the second round. If he's hanging around the third round, I will happily take him there. He's never in a draft, which is fine. Um, but no, I can I can live with him. I can live without him. Yeah, in the drafts I've seen late first round early second round yeah, he's, he's yeah gone, that's, that's generally but, yeah. uh it's it's more more often than not he's not making it to the second round which i'm okay with i can live without him on my team if he falls into my lap i'm okay with that too i just i i think he's gonna be he's gonna be very good i just if i had to pick between him and Devonte adams i'm picking Devonte adams all day over him which oh, no, is not how course. everyone would I feel agree with, yeah i agree with that yeah. I, to me i think even if you have to put together like a top three, I'd say Hopkins, Devontae Adams, and Julio Jones or, you know. Or, I, th I think I that's think. a consensus. It, it it may be a different order, but I think for most people that's going to be, you know, and should be yeah. the top three. So just back to Pittsburgh for a minute, we were talking about Juju Smith-Schuster and what else is there. I, I'm skeptical about Dante Moncrief. I'm higher on James Washington, but give me your take on their Receiving I'm actually, I'm very, very high on Dante Moncrief. I think he could have a really great season. I just, I was a big fan of his in Indianapolis. I liked him when he was out in Jacksonville. I just, I like his style. I like that you can get, just throw a ball near him. He's going to go get it and he runs a hell of a route. And I just think that he and Ben Roethlisberger could be a really magic combination. I'm very excited about him out there. He's a guy 
that I'm absolutely targeting in later rounds of the draft. Oh, I have him on my overrated list. You'll be happy to know. I'm loving him. I'm um, all in, I'm all in on Dante Moncrief. <laughs> also have D.D. Westbrook on my overrated list. Uh, D.D. Probably... Westbrook is like the top of my I gotta have him later in a draft list. He is he's ending up on just about every team I have. I'm I could not be more excited about Nick Foles than D.D. Westbrook. I can't tell you. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> all right. Um Adam Thielen, I I hear you, and I even took him pretty early in a draft I did the other night, you know, at the end of mm-hmm. the second round in a draft where I had the first pick, so roughly around, you know, pick 24, 25. But I just, I fear there that, you know, he started off really well with Kirk Cousins last yeah. year, and then it just, you know, kind of blew up at the end of the year and didn't seem like he was really seriously hurt or anything, but there was something that just was off about the chemistry there, hoping that it's better this year, but a little bit concerned there, but uh, I'm not yeah. sure if the problem is Kirk Cousins or if it's, you know, the offensive line or something else, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, yeah, how about Antonio Brown? Since we were talking about Steelers before, how about ex-Steelers? Antonio Brown, where do you see him? I, I don't want I, any part of I'll him. Just, I'm, I'm actively, yeah, I'm actively not drafting him. I don't, I don't want, I don't want him anywhere near my team. I get it; his talent's phenomenal, but there are so many issues. There's so much drama. I don't, I, I just, I don't need it. I can't, I can't tell if he's going to be on the field, if he's going to be off the field, if he's going to have a temper tantrum over a helmet. I have no idea if he has any actual chemistry with anyone on his team because he's never there. I mean, does he even know how to get to the facility? I'm not convinced of that. So I, I'm, there's, I, I want Dee Westbrook instead. Give me Dee Westbrook all day long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he's going to, I think Dee's going to break your heart, but, uh, or Nick Foles is going to break your heart. But uh, how about Odell? Probably Beckham, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be the first time either one fan. have done that, but I'm coming back for more. <laughs> As a Giants fan, uh, obviously Odell Beckham Jr. trade hurt, but uh, winding up in Cleveland there, maybe it's just sour grapes on my part, but again, I'm just not buying this whole, you know, Cleveland Super Bowl train hype and therefore I'm, with you. I'm, I'm fully just, with you on that. That I'm that we can endorse him in that the show. Same tier of wide receivers that we discussed before. No. no, and I would have I would have in years past, no problem. But I see guys taking taking Odell Beckham Jr. in the first round and I'm just like, oh good grief. It's same thing. Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr. I see going in the first round, early in the second round, and it's just these these are the picks that are going to come back to haunt you. These are going to be nightmares. It's just there's a lot a lot going on with Cleveland. I'm worried. I'm worried overall about some of that stuff. And I just I think for where you're drafting him, the value is just not there. All right. Um, just a couple other names that I think are overrated, and see if you agree. Uh, Josh Gordon, uh, Devin yes. Funches. Um, you know, yeah. Those two guys yeah, I could in see particular. that one. I'd also throw uh, Will Will Fuller and uh, Corey Davis on that list too of guys I think are getting Corey drafted Davis, much agree. higher what, than they need to be. Uh, Will Fuller, um, With, and especially you, because I, I seem to like Houston Broncos more than you do. I think they're going to be a top five well, offense potentially. I just even I, with I'm, that offensive I'm very line. very uneasy. I just I've never been a, a big Deshaun Watson fan to begin with, but I'm this offense always just makes me a little leery. And I was a big Will Fuller fan previously, just with the injuries and and where you have to draft him to get him on your team, it's not worth it for me. Uh, I just he can't stay on the field the whole time, and that's it's not entirely his fault. He was essentially triple covered all of last year, and I get that, but I just Value-wise, it's not there for me this year. Okay. Um, another name I want to throw at you. How about uh, Julian Edelman? Do you think the magic is still there, or is the hand injury scaring you off? I think I think the magic's still there. I'm still in on Julian Edelman. I do think in some drafts he is going too high. It's something you really have to be careful. If, he, if he's there at the right spot, don't reach for him. Um, but he and, and Tom Brady do have – an innate knowledge to know where the other is. You don't need to look. They have that connection, which is special. You can't recreate that in a lot of places. And they don't have a ton of depth at wide receiver. 
Bill Belichick can go to Walmart and get a cashier and put him on the field in three days and make him Super Bowl ready. I don't know how he does it, but they'll find people to, to run out there that'll be great. But for for right now, Julian Edelman's probably the best thing they got going at wide receiver. And as long as he stays healthy, I'm good having him on my team. All right. You mentioned Keenan Allen before. To me, he's somebody that mm-hmm. I just don't understand why he's not borderline first round pick. You know, it seems like he's always I don't you know, either. Earliest I see him picked is middle of the second round, and oftentimes he's still there even into the late second round, beginning of the third round. You know, what more does the guy have guy to do a, to prove a, that he can stay PPR healthy? He's a monster. I don't, maybe yeah, it's just that he's on the West Coast. I don't know. Well, I think people still remember that he got injured a couple of years in a row, but that was you know four and five years ago, and he's put up yeah. several nice seasons where he's been healthy. All season, he's in a stable situation with an underrated quarterback, or at least an underappreciated quarterback in Philip Rivers. I don't know what more. And with a question mark at running back, you don't you don't have Melvin Gordon there. I mean, Keenan Allen is the best thing going of your offense. I don't know. I just I don't know why people don't see it. I'm happy they don't because he ends up on more of my teams. But for the life of me, I can't figure out why it falls so far. All right, uh, Tyrell Williams. Um, speaking of the char- oh, former Chargers, love Tyrell Williams. Yeah, you know, what he? Yes. Yeah, I, 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 he's the one you know aspect of the Oakland offense. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing this year to see how that plays out. But um, well, and he's uh, and he's healthy other... for the first time in a couple of years. He's been banged up. He's had knee issues and shoulders and all that. Tyrell Williams, when he's healthy, is incredibly dynamic. He's a huge downfield threat. And and if Derek Carr can get any time to throw, any time at all, which it seems there may be a chance that could happen, I think he could put up some huge numbers. I really like his chances this season. Okay, how about a couple of uh, Green Bay receivers, Marquez Valdez-Scampling and uh, Geronimo Allison? What, what do you think of their prospects? Uh, I, I like Geronimo Allison less this year than I did last year. Um, I I. I mean, obviously, Devontae Adams is the guy there, and we've seen Aaron Rodgers is going to hit seven different receivers in a game if he feels like it, but I just, Geronimo Allison, for me, I'm a little leery of. I think he may be going a little bit higher than he needs to, um, but I I don't know. I, I don't have a really great reason other than he does get a little injured, but he was the healthiest of the bunch last year. Uh, which isn't saying a lot, but, you know, I just, he's not doing it for me this year. And I really don't have a strong reason why, other than I just don't think it's going to, the numbers are going to be there. All right. T.Y. Hilton, do you think he should be dropping as far as he is in the drafts or no? Absolutely not. I I do not think so. T.Y. Hilton, so good. And he's available so late in drafts. I don't understand it. I get, I mean, on one hand, I get on the surface. I, I understand you're like, oh, my God, Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, who's going to throw it? It's like everybody got amnesia and forgot Jacoby Brissett has a pretty darn good arm attached to his body. And T.Y. Hilton runs a very nice ago. route. It's not like they've never played together either. Right, and they had pretty good success together last year. I'm not sure why everyone just like, collectively was like, oh, this never happened. I mean, I think it could yeah. be a very nice tandem. Okay, a couple more names for you quickly. Uh, Kenny Galladay, thumbs up or thumbs down? I like him a lot. Thumbs up on Kenny Galladay. I support you in that. We we as a show are on board with Kenny Galladay. Okay, and DJ Moore in Carolina? Less excited about DJ Moore in Carolina, but that also is more a product of me not excited about Cam Newton, which is an ongoing theme yeah. on this show. Love Christian McCaffrey. Agree with you on Don't like show. the rest of that offense. Yeah. So, well, there are lots of other yeah. wide receivers we could talk about, but uh, we need to keep moving here. But um, how we about don't want to um, show any bias? Any, <laughs> no. How about uh, any uh, rookie wide receivers that you think are going to make a big impact this year? Who do you like? Uh, I know everyone's very excited about Keneal Harry in New England. Obviously, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of healthy bodies. But again, it's New England. I'm not sure I'm ready to get excited, all that excited yet. Uh, DK Metcalf in Seattle, I think, could be very interesting. Uh, Marquise Brown in Baltimore, I'm excited to see. And uh, Debo Samuel in San Francisco, although I kind of hate Jimmy Garoppolo, but we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Yeah, a couple of other guys um, 
I actually like Miles Boykin maybe even more than uh, Marquise Brown in Baltimore. And then I also, even though Tyreek Hill is back, I really uh, like what I've seen from McCall Hardman this preseason. He has been very City. good. Think, yeah, he's looked very he good. He could be a really interesting part of their offense. So, um, so why don't we uh, move along to quarterback? And so, and quarterback drafting strategy. Uh, what round? Are you going to try to get one of the elite people and you know, and take them in a, a relatively early round, or are you more somebody that would wait until round eight, nine, even ten or later to grab your first quarterback? Now I know uh, this has been a sticking point for us since literally the first season of the show. I have no problem taking a quarterback in the first round. I do it fairly regularly. I have no issue doing it. Um, I I put a lot of value in taking a good quarterback early, and I like taking my my backup quarterback, or I personally love playing in two quarterback leagues. I like to take my second quarterback higher than you're probably even thinking about taking anybody. Like you just, by the time I'm taking a second quarterback, you're thinking about taking your first. (laughs) Probably, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I go I go earlier than a lot of people. I'm fine with that. It works for me. Um, because I, I like the security of having a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, somebody like that, even a Matt Ryan, less so this year than in years past. But there are certainly guys I have no problem taking early because I like the security of it. Okay. Yeah, we, we see this quite differently. I'm definitely someone yeah. that uh, wants to have my full complement of running backs and wide receivers first and oftentimes even the tight end before I'll start thinking about drafting a quarterback. I, I do like to pick my second one relatively early and play matchups, but still. Yeah. Yeah, we both do that. We both like playing a matchup. I'm not afraid to start a, a you know, somebody who's a, a fringe quarterback because I like their matchup better, but I certainly take them much earlier than you do. Yeah. And um, so give me who are in your elite who, who would you consider elite options this year? There are four on my list and wondering how closely our lists will match up. Um, probably a little bit different. Um, obviously, I, I think Deshaun Watson is likely on your list, and he is definitely not on mine. He's not somebody I want on my team. Um, Patrick You're Mahomes correct. is on my list. Yeah, Matt Ryan's yeah. on my list. Aaron Rodgers is on my list. Um, Aaron Rodgers, honestly, is is the guy I generally try to target with teams. Um I, I had Russell Wilson higher on the list when the preseason started, and as his wide receiving core died, he has dropped. But Jared Goff, Drew Brees, and absolutely, without a doubt, Phillip Rivers. If there's any chance I can take Phillip Rivers, and a lot of times I can get him as a second quarterback, which is absurd, I'm all in on that. I, people are, are drafting him way too late. The one name that's on my list that's uh, not on yours as far as the uh, potentially elite guys is Carson Wentz. I know. Injury problems. I like Carson Wentz a lot. Seasons, but... Yeah, I, so, I do. I, I just I have him kind of in a one B tier instead of a one A, if you will. Um, yes, the knee injury is is tough. His fantasy points per game, you know, went down a little bit from that. But I think, quite frankly, the thing that holds me back just a little bit from Carson Wentz is the fact that his wide receivers can't seem to catch a cold. You hit him in the numbers, they're going to drop the ball. You hit him three yards away from him, that's when they catch it. It's it's a little tough. It's not him. It's the people around him that trouble me a little bit. Well, I, I think when the regular season comes between Alshon Jeffrey and and Deshaun Jackson and some of the others there, the, and Zach Ertz, of course, I just, I, I just don't I know. think they'll be fine. My problem is I don't know if anyone but Zach Ertz can stay healthy. I, Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are constantly going to be playing through an injury. That's it's just without a doubt. And Alshon Jeffrey injured still better than half the league at wide receiver, but it makes me a little uneasy. And that's why I just, he's kind of bumped down a tier in my rankings, if you will. Okay. We talked before about Cam Newton, neither one of us particularly high on his prospects and for me even less. So since he's starting off the season injured, but uh, what do you think um, a couple of second year quarterbacks that are getting some hype. Baker Mayfield obviously getting a lot of hype. Sam Darnold less so, but uh, what do you think of their 
prospects for the upcoming season? I actually, if, if I had, like, if I had to pick Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold, I might rather have Sam Darnold on my team than Baker Mayfield. And I know I'm very much going to be in the majority with that. Um, but Baker Mayfield, as dynamic as he was, and the fact that no team threw for more yards as a as a team, um, than than the, just than Tampa Bay, who's now the Tampa Bay offensive coordinator of last year, Todd Monken is now up in Cleveland. It stands to reason they are probably going to try to throw more. But my worry is you've got a year of film on Baker Mayfield. You've got a lot of egos. You've got a lot of personality there. Uh, it's not just one wide receiver like that. You've got three. You've got a quarterback. You've got some discontent in the running game. There's a lot of moving parts there. And I'm I'm thinking that Baker Mayfield is a candidate for a sophomore slump, um, more so than Sam Darnold, who I think has a more stable situation. Things around him have gotten better. So for my money, I'd rather have Sam Darnold. I know I'm probably in the in the minority on that, though. I I think I'd rather have Baker Mayfield than Sam Darnold. If you said you could have either one as your quarterback in fantasy, mm-hmm. but I just I think Mayfield's ceiling is higher this year, but I just think relative to where you have to pick them, you know, Baker Mayfield in some cases is being treated like a top five quarterback in drafts. Everyone's very excited about the pomp and circumstance of a Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. there and, you know, all the, all the press and the publicity coming out of it. Yeah. But I mean, Sam Darnold is, is going undrafted even in some leagues, you know, that I. It's glorious. For me, it's great. for Sam Darnold, probably yeah. less so. <laughs> so how about um, Mitchell Trubisky? Uh, do you think he's um, going to break out this year, or do you think he's uh, overrated? I, I mean, I know actually, he had the one game last year where he had the seven touchdown passes, but other than that, it was pretty much hit or miss with him. Do you think uh, he'll be better in uh, year three or four, or whatever it is for him? Yeah, I think I think we're on year three, if my math is right. But now I, I have so not too, always but... been the biggest – I've not always been the biggest Mitchell Trubisky fan, um, but I, I'm actually drinking the Mitchie Poo Kool-Aid this year. I'm I'm in on Mitchell Trubisky. I think that his wide receivers are healthier. I think he's got some more chemistry. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of games he didn't even get 300 yards previously, but I think with the run game being a little more stable, which I'm hoping David Montgomery coming in is going to help do that, I think it's going to be a little, a little less moving of moving parts, a little more structure and consistency there. And I think having healthy wide receivers, at least to start the season, a few less that are, are question marks. I think he's going to have himself a very nice season. I think he ends up being, uh, a, he's certainly a, a top 12 quarterback, but I think that he's going to be much more consistent. I'm looking forward to it, honestly. Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger have been around forever. Um, Tom Brady's forever is a little bit longer than Ben Roethlisberger's, but what do you think of both of their prospects? A lot of people are kind of uh, downgrading them this year. Would you agree with that or not? I'm not ready to downgrade them yet. Do I think that you should be picking Tom Brady first overall in a draft like maybe you were trying to six, seven years ago? No. Uh, Are they both going to get a little – possibly. Possibly. I've actually only had Tom Brady on a team once, I think, in my life. It worked out fine, though. Hopefully it was 2008. Um, ben, but... it, it, was, it was not, but unfortunately. But, okay. um, ben Roethlisberger is a guy I tend to draft pretty regularly. I like having him on my teams. He's going to get banged up. But I think they both uh, just are so quarterback savvy. They're so football savvy, and they have good good pieces around them that despite being a little older than some of the rest of the league, I'm still fine having either one of them on my team. Okay. Jared Goff and Matt Ryan, both of those guys to me are being woefully um, undervalued in drafts. I see both of those guys sitting around oftentimes, you know, after, you know, the top, you know, five to 10 quarterbacks have been taken and especially Goff. And I just don't understand that. I mean, yes, he's not, neither one of those guys are particularly mobile quarterbacks, but, you know, both of those guys, have the potential to throw for 4,500 yards or more. So, and, you know, decent experienced receiving cores. So I don't really understand why those guys aren't ranked higher than they are. Top five quarterbacks for both of me, uh, for both of them, for me, I, I, 
for I'm with you. I'm shocked at how far they're falling. I just don't understand. Like, it's not. There's no major red flags. There's no major concerns there. I just everyone's hyped up on other players, which is fine. Leave them out there for me to draft. I'm all in on that. But it's so so far they're falling. It just blows my mind. Okay, how about a uh, couple of guys uh, um, that most people are down on, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, although he's been getting some hype going into his second season, mm-hmm. but a lot of people still remember that he didn't throw for many yards last year. And then Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay, who always seems to be under a cloud of some sort, but has a new life right. with uh, Bruce Arians this year. What do you think of those two? Uh I, I'm actually very, very high on Lamar Jackson. Um, I know he he's a run-first quarterback, but that it works. Uh, and I think he's he's made a point, from what I understand, in the offseason and, and the people around him as well, to throw the ball more. It's something they're looking to do more. And I think that if you're in a two-quarterback league or if it's somebody that you want to play as a matchup, he's still going to have a ton of production. Um, Jameis Winston, I am not nearly as high on. Uh, yes, Bruce Arians great. They seem to have a little bit more chemistry. Uh, granted that you know your your big big time offensive coordinator has gone north uh, in Todd Monken to to Old Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Uh, Bruce Arians still likes to throw the ball, and that's going to be fine. I just Jameis Winston's consistency scares the hell out of me, and I there are several people I'd rather have before him. I, I'm actually higher on James the world, than you are, per se. I think with with Mike <laughs> Evans there and Chris Godwin is another. We didn't discuss him when we were talking about wide receivers, but he's we somebody we that is should've. on a lot of yeah. breakout lists this year. And their schedule at the beginning of the season, I think, includes the Giants, so it's not that bad. Um, but I just, yeah, he's he's somebody that I'm, I guess, higher on than you are. And uh, even Jimmy Garoppolo, it sounds like you might be down on him I'm somewhat, very down but on I'm actually, I'm actually fairly, uh, I, I think he's going to be a better quarterback this year than you do. Yeah, probably. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm avoiding him. I certainly may be eating my words later on on this, but he's, he's not my guy. If you want to keep throwing into coverage, throw us all off, you, you go right ahead. In week three, when you're still throwing into coverage, I don't know how you're going to explain that to the media. You're still trying to throw us all off. That's fine. I just I don't like taking guys the first year back from a huge knee injury like that just because they're always thinking about it. It's not something you can just turn off. It's an instinctual thing that you're still protecting your injured knee. And with a quarterback, that is such a huge mental thing to overcome. And with somebody who didn't have a ton, a ton of experience going into it, and I don't necessarily love the offensive line and the team around him, I just, again, I'd rather have Nick Foles than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I am absolutely in the minority on that. I know that, and I'm okay with that. Okay. Now, are you buying into the <laughs> Kyler Murray hype or not? Speaking of quarterback rookies. I, I like Kyler Murray. The situation um, in Arizona is not that different than what Josh Rosen had, and he didn't really have much of a chance. Um, Cliff Kingsbury helps, and you've got a, a healthier running situation. I don't think he's going to put up Baker Mayfield-type numbers, but I think he'll look better than Josh Rosen did. I would think he'd be a lot closer to uh, Baker Mayfield's rookie year than Josh Rosen's rookie year, but I, I guess think we'll it's, see. I uh, think it skews, it, it skews closer to Baker Mayfield, but I don't think he's getting quite there. All right. And, yeah, I, I don't think any of the other rookie quarterbacks, Haskins, Jones, no. Drew Locke, I mean, they may all get a chance to start at some point, but there's nobody there that I really am excited enough about to want to spend any more time talking about them now or recommending to people that they draft them. So let's move over to tight ends. We've got about five minutes left. Um, For me, it's a pretty clear top tier with Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, and Evan Ingram in it. But um, any other, any additions or deletions to that list for you? 
Uh, no, I, I'm completely on board with all those. I think that this year, more than almost any other year, there is a lot of value to be had later in tight ends. There are a lot of guys who I think are, are quote-unquote sleepers who could be huge breakout players for you that you don't have to draft a Zach Ertz in the second or third round like I'm seeing happen. You can get a Delaney Walker in the seventh round. You can get a Darren Walker in Oakland. Uh, later on, or Mark Andrews in Baltimore, who I think is going to, I think, I think Delaney Walker, Darren Walker, and Mark Andrews are probably my three biggest uh, breakout potentials in, in the tight end rankings. Just Delaney Walker is actually healthy, which hasn't happened in about three years, and he's been incredibly consistent there, especially with kind of the chaos of the wide receiver situation in Tennessee and that nobody's really stepping up. But I can't tell you how excited I am about Mark Andrews in Baltimore, especially with Lamar Lamar Jackson running so much and trying to throw on the run. Mark Andrews is going to be there. He's had flashes at the end of last season. I think he's going to have a huge year this year. So for me, O.J. Howard in Tampa Bay has been getting a lot of hype as maybe being mm-hmm. on the borderline of being in that top tier group. But with Cameron Brait still there, I just don't see that. Um, Too much. A couple – Go ahead. No, I just I'm I'm I fully agree. It just you never know from one week to the other who's going to be the guy there, and and like you said, they're Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are just they're so good that it it almost devalues that tight end position a little bit, and that they're already looking downfield uh, to those two guys, and and having two bodies there that can catch the ball, it just it's too hard to play this tight end roulette in in Tampa, and I'm already sketchy about Jameis Winston as it is. So um, two other sleepers, if you will, are guys that I think you know, have a potential to have really nice seasons and aren't uh, being talked about a lot. Uh, well, David Njoku gets some yes. publicity just because of being part of the whole Cleveland hype train. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think he's not fully appreciated yet. And then Hunter Henry coming back from a serious injury, but you know, definitely – the tight end of choice now in Los Angeles for the Chargers. Uh, yes. What do you think of those two guys this year? I, I'm with you there. David Njoku, I think, certainly is is getting drafted much lower than his value is. Hunter Henry, the same thing. It's like people forget because he got hurt. They just forgot how good he is and how good the chemistry there is uh, in, in San Diego. And, um, and Jack Doyle in Indianapolis, who I mentioned briefly at the top of the show, especially now that Andrew Luck has retired, I think Jack Doyle actually increases in value. And I think that by by the time the season's out, he's a he's a number one tight end. He's a top 12 tight end in fantasy, without a doubt, in my mind. All right. And as far as the rookies go, the, the two main rookies of note, uh, well, Dawson Knox is a rookie in Buffalo, but he's not one of the guys I was thinking of. The main ones <laughs> that I was uh, thinking of, TJ Hawkinson in Detroit and Noah Font in uh, Denver, but uh, what do you think of uh, those two or either of those guys that should be drafted or should we keep an eye on either of them? I like both of them. Um, I'd be fine stashing either one of them on the team. I think I'm a little more partial to Noah Font uh, just because I I like the – the Joe Flacco throwing to him set up a little better. He just he he'll use the tight end a little more, but um, I think they're both gonna they're both gonna make some noise here, and certainly their heads and tails above you know anyone else. Maybe Irv Smith Jr. in Minnesota or or Jay Sternberger okay. in Green Bay, but those are really the only two to worry about, I think. All right, and then last guy I wanted to ask you about um, is Dallas Goddard in Philadelphia. Yes, Zach Ertz is there, but he was a top twenty tight end last year even with uh, Zach Ertz there do you think mm-hmm. uh, he's somebody that people should be you know at least have on the watch list or maybe even stash in deeper leagues yeah in a deeper league stash and keep him on your watch list uh, like I said I have I have some concerns about the wide receivers overall staying healthy and in Philadelphia they have absolutely no problem running a two tight end set they do it very often and they have for years so I think it's something absolutely keep an eye on them, stash them on your team, and, and I think it'll work out. So unfortunately, that brings us to the end of our time before we can hear about what Jana yes. thinks about Jason Witten's prospects. And, <laughs> oh, but, don't uh, worry. Jenna, why don't you, we'll talk about him. <laughs> why don't, why don't you uh, 
tell us, uh, everyone, again, how they can uh, get in touch with us, and hopefully we'll see everybody Tuesday evening then. Yes, yes, we will be back Tuesday evening. Every Tuesday we'll be here giving you an hour, and we'll, like I said, every start, every sit, game breakdown, injuries, news and notes, your daily fantasy picks, all that good stuff. We'll be answering your questions, and you can find us all week long. We're on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, on Twitter at the number four THN Inches Show, we're at fantasy underscore Sherpa. That's where the Sherpa resides. And I'm at JKIM16. Thank you so much, guys. We were so excited for our 10th season with you. And like always, good luck. Unless, of course, you're playing us. 